Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode two of the Sumner County All Sports Podcast with your host, Zach Womble. In this episode, it's very simple. We preview the battle for Drake's Creek on Friday night, so we bring in Beach head coach Anthony Crabtree as well as Hendersonville head coach James Beasley. So stay tuned and stick around to hear what your favorite coach has to say about the game. Up first on the Sumner County All Sports Podcast, Beach head coach Anthony Crabtree joins the show to talk about his team in the big game Friday night. We're joined now by Beach head coach Anthony Crabtree. The Bucks 2-0 on the season coming off a big 17-7 victory over Henry County last Friday night. Coach Crabtree, thanks so much for joining the show. How are you doing this morning? I'm good, Zach. I appreciate you having me on. Of course, absolutely. Got to have you on. I don't think we've had a chance to, to have you on yet this year, and I know a couple beach fans have been asking me when, when we were going to get you on, so it, it was appointment radio, I guess, right? I guess so. <laughs> hey, so uh, before we get diving into all the football stuff, I thought it was really cool. I saw a tweet yesterday put out by uh, both Beach and Hendersonville uh, that you guys are going to try to help the Waverly football program. So just in your own words, can you just tell everybody what you guys are doing Friday night and how, how they can help the Waverly Tigers? Yeah, absolutely it is. Um, you know, today it's tough a lot of times trying to raise money to to support your program. And when you have a disaster like that come through and destroy pretty much everything, uh, from what I could tell on television and, you know, what I've heard, um, it, it's they've lost almost everything computers uh you know all their um technology that they use to to film and watch film and uh all that type of thing uh stuff much like uh also the helmets shoulder pads uniforms you know they've lost pretty much everything weight equipment um so it's going to be a total rebuild for them so they're going to need a lot of help yeah and, and and you you know this better than i you know this better than a lot of people Give, give the listeners some insight, just how much money it takes to run a football program. Well, it's hard to put a dollar amount on it just because, you know, it depends on travel and, uh, you know, how many players you have on the team. and, and But, you know, just on the average, it costs about um, 800 to to $1,000 to outfit a player with uniforms and equipment um, for a season. Uh, that doesn't count, you know, all the other things you try to do as far as feeding your team and then buses for travel and officials for games. And, uh, gosh, there's so many things, so many expenses that come in. You know, if you use Huddle, uh, which is what everyone uses now to trade film on so you don't have to drive and trade DVDs anymore, uh, you don't have to pay for that. And then video cameras. Um, and then if you use a sideline replay system, uh, you know, that costs money. Um, there's just, there's, you know, hundreds of things that, you know, people don't think about or know about um, that cost a lot of money that you, you know, try to use to give your team the best uh, advantage you can, the best opportunity you can to win. So there's definitely a, a, a lot of money goes into trying to have a good football program. Definitely. Uh, you know, so often, myself included, I, I throw myself in this in this, in this this uh, scenario, but, you know, so often so many of us can overlook uh, a coach's staff. Uh, but Bill Alexander, Hayden Alexander, Mike Beaver, Chase Brooks, Christopher Carroll, Anthony Coffey, 
Mark Curry, Seth McFerrin, Nathan Wilson, how much easier do they make your job? Oh, there's no question. I mean, as a coach, you're only as good as the people you have around you. Uh, and I feel like I'm extremely blessed to have the guys that, you know, that I have on our staff. Uh, they're all really good football coaches. Uh, you know, some of them are second or third year guys, and some of them are, are 25 year guys. Um, we have a lot of experience on our staff. Uh, you know, these guys have, have coached a lot of football, been with some different other been with some different programs that have been successful and they know what it takes to be successful and you know they know what is productive time spent working on football and what is wasted time spent working on football and you know those guys I'm thankful for each and every one of those guys and I think we have a a great coaching staff you know year in and year out there are expectations when it comes to the beach football program I'm curious uh, how has this year's team embraced those traditions, those expectations? Well, you know, our guys, for whatever reason, um, I think they feel like that the things that we do in our program from, you know, how we attack the weight room and are committed to the weight room and committed to, you know, watching the film and trying to teach them, you know, what we're trying to accomplish on the field offensively and defensively, um, I think they just understand that, you know, they're expected to go out and, and play as hard as they can and give themselves a chance to win. And they have embraced that. And, uh, you know, it seems like for the last several years, our teams have embraced that. Um, you know, I feel like we've had some teams that's probably won some games that we didn't think we would win as a coaching staff. Um, it wasn't that we didn't necessarily believe in our team. It just maybe we weren't didn't feel like we were as talented as some of the people we were playing. But, you know, our guys just like the first two games of the season this year, you know, they found a way to overcome the adversity and found a way to win. And uh, I don't know what it is about our guys, but they have the will to win and, and they're going to play hard and try to do everything they can that you ask them to do to, to the best of their ability to give themselves a chance. And so far it's worked out this year. You mentioned the 2-0 and start. Perfect segue into my next question. I'm curious, what have you seen that has been the most impressive uh, thing through these first two weeks of the season? Well, I think our defense has played extremely well. Um, they have kept us in the game, you know, um, not allowing many points um, out of the first two opponents. And obviously, you know, when the other team doesn't score much, your chances are better because you don't have to score as much. Um but our defense has played extremely well. They found a way to uh, get some stops when maybe they shouldn't have. Uh, they've given the offense the ball in some situations where we were able to, to uh, you know, eat the clock up and, and get some points. Um, I think our quarterbacks have played well. Um, I think our skill guys have played well. Um, we're just so young in certain spots on offense, especially the offensive line. You know, it's just a it's a process. It takes time. It takes experience playing against other people. Uh, and I feel like we're making strides every week. Uh, we just have to continue to get better. But, you know, I'm proud of the effort our guys have given, and I feel like they come in here every day and they try to work and try to get better, and that's all we can ask of them. You mentioned the defense, only 14 points given up this season, of course, seven in each game. Um, 
you know, it's it's hard not to notice Bronco Hanks, right? All state linebacker is, is you know, and the linebacker position as being one of the, the best on that side of the ball. But it's hard to overlook your secondary. I mean, to your credit, I mean, and, and no one else knows this, but, you know, you were advocating hard. You know, J.P. Courtney, Tyler Nix, they need to be on the preseason team. Those are some dudes. And it seems like they have really brought it from the secondary. I, I don't want to forget about Isaac Talbot either. Uh, but it feels like your secondary has, has played lights out this year. Would you agree with that? They've played well. Um, you know, Tyler and JP are, they started every game last year as sophomores. Um, and they, they're just football players. You know, they understand how to play the game. Tyler Nix um, is kind of our leader over there because he is he's the one that gets everybody in the secondary lined up. He makes all the secondary calls. Um, but those two guys are, are kind of our leaders over there in the secondary. Um, and they've done a great job. Uh, we depend on them heavily. Uh, and then Bronco is our leader up front. You know, he gets the front seven lined up. And uh, without him, we struggle a little bit. So we're thankful that, you know, he's in there and, and able to play. Um, but he's a very good player. And he has some guys around him that, that are good players. And, and, you know, our whole defense, they're playing hard. We have two seniors starting at corner and Isaac Talbot and Den Cavender. You know, those guys are playing their tail off. And, uh, you know, I feel like our defense is just um, ahead of our offense as far as what we can do in game experience. They're a little bit older. We have more seniors playing on the defensive side of the ball than we do the offensive side of the ball. And I think that's a big difference in our offense and our defense. Yeah, it's it's hard not to notice that in years past, Beaches have been a predominantly run team. But, you know, I have a lot of people asking me now, you know, seeing the numbers, 279 passing yards, in a week two win, 14 of 19 from both of your quarterbacks. And uh, and they ask, has, has Beach found a new identity? So I'm going to ask you that question straight from the source. Has Beach found a new identity in 2021? We haven't found a new identity. We have found a 6'4 receiver and a 6'4 tight end and another 6'1 receiver, 6'2 <laughs> receiver. <laughs> That's fair. So, you know, when you have those guys, you have to use them. I mean, any good team is going to use their strengths. Um, and right now, that's our strengths. Um, obviously, we want to run the football. We still we still do run the football. Um, but trying to run the football has made our passing game better, and being able to throw the ball um, will typically make your run game better. Um, so hopefully, on any given night, we can have some success or one or the other. And, you know, the other night it was throwing the ball. So whatever it is, we'll take it. Of course, talking about um... – Jackson and Brian as your quarterbacks, and then your receivers and tight end Andrew Page, Jackson Long, and, and Aaron Jolly. Uh, it's hard not to notice the two quarterback system. I mean, they're both playing well. Do you foresee yourself go uh, finishing the year with a two quarterback system? You know, we're comfortable playing both guys as long as they continue to perform uh, the way they have until one of them just really separates himself uh, from the other with his play. Uh, we'll continue to play both. Um, you know, we feel like we're fortunate to have two guys that we're comfortable playing. Uh, you know, a lot of people are, are fortunate to have one guy that they, you know, feel like can do most of what they want to do. So, you know, we feel like it's a blessing to have both guys, and, and we're absolutely going to continue to play both of them um, until, you know, something happens that we can't. Let's dive into this Friday night's game real quick, uh, Battle for Drake's Creek. You guys are back in the same region, so so, hey, I guess a two part question: Did this game, in your opinion, did this game lose any luster when you weren't in the same region? 
And to that same point, does it does it bring back more intensity now that it's a region game? Uh, I just think it's beach Andersonville. You know, it means a little more uh, to me because it's a region game. Um, because, you know, you're trying to win a region championship. And obviously they're, you know, probably the top team in the region. Um, and if you want to win, you need to beat them. So um, from that standpoint, you know, it's, it's a big game. Uh, it's a big region game. Um, I think for the community, it's always the same. It's Beach versus Hendersonville. And, uh, you know, the, com- the community gets excited about that. It's a, it's a rival. It's been a rival for a long time. And, you know, they, they want to win regardless of whether you're in the same region or not. But, you know, to me as, as the coach, it's, it's more important uh, because it is a region game. I'm curious. I'm sure you've watched plenty of film on Hendersonville. I'm curious from from a head coach's eyes, what ha, what have you seen from the Commandos that lends you to believe that Friday night's going to be a tough game for you to win? Well, I think they have. Uh, I think they have some guys that can run. Uh, I think they have three or four guys that are pretty special uh, as far as speed goes and, and competitiveness. Um, in their secondary, I think I think they're big up front. I think they're active. Um, you know, they're always physical. Um, this year, they seem to be physical, and they seem to have a little bit more speed than they've had. Um, so it's, I mean, they're in ways they're a typical Hendersonville team, but in ways I feel like they're a little bit more talented than they've been uh, in some years. So, you know, anytime they have have good talent, they're they're going to be really hard to beat. You know, when Beach plays Hendersonville, you can typically throw out who the better team is unless one team is just, you know, dominantly better than the other team. Um, if it's anywhere close, typically it's it's going to be a good football game uh, because both teams are going to play their guts out and do everything they can to try to win, and they're going to play their best game of the year more than likely. Um, but, you know, Henderson, I don't think this year is any different. You know, they're a good football team. Uh, they took one on the chin to probably the best football team in the state week one. And then they uh, beat a good football team last week out of Bowling Green. So it's uh, it's going to be a tough game, no doubt. You know, I, I'm looking at the, the, the previous five-year scores. And, and outside of the 2018 game, which I, I missed that game because that was the same weekend I, I got married. So I ended up missing that game. But outside of that one, I mean, you're looking at scores 28-14 last year, 18-17 the year before. Uh, 23-24, um, 21-35. So, I mean, it tip, like you said, typically it's a, it's a really good game. I guess in, in your opinion, and this may seem like a silly question, but one I just like to ask, but in your opinion, what, what makes this game so competitive so, and, and, and just have so much energy from it? Well, I just think because the schools are so close and, you know, when Beach High School opened, some of those students that were going to school at, at Hendersonville came out, had to come over here to beach because it was the new school. And, you know, they've grown up people knowing each other, you know, a lot of the kids play little league baseball together or used to play, you know, for the Hendersonville Titans together, or, you know, they just all, everybody knows each other, you know, the kids know each other, the parents know each other. Um, and it just, it, it's just a big game. You know, they want to have bragging rights for the year. And, uh, so that's one of the reasons I guess this game's so important to them. You know, they have something to talk about for the next year. 
Coach Crabtree, I really appreciate your time this morning. I'll let you go. I know you got a busy day ahead of you, but best of luck Friday. And I'll, uh, I'll, I guess I'll have to swing by the school maybe Thursday and, and pick up that that trophy, and uh, so I can bring it to the game on Friday. But again, thank you so much for joining me, and, and uh, have a good week of prep. I appreciate it, Zach. Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. Closing out the All Sports Podcast is Hendersonville head coach James Beasley. We welcome in Hendersonville High School head coach James Beasley to the show today. The Commandos are coming off a big 27-20 victory on the road last Friday to pick up their first win of the season. Coach Beasley, welcome in. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yes, sir. Uh, before we get diving into all the football stuff that surrounded Friday night, this coming Friday night, uh, something really cool I saw today that Coach, uh, excuse me, that Principal Carter put out there that you guys are collecting donations uh, for the Waverly football program on Friday night. Can you just tell everybody, tell our listeners what all is going on, how they can help uh, the, the Tiger program? Yeah, obviously, I think that's a tough situation. And and we try to do things a lot of times and put ourselves in the other person's shoes. And it'd just be uh, awful and devastational to be uh, to have that happen to our community. So we feel bad for them, obviously, for the whole community. But uh, with us being a football program, you know, we thought one of the ways we could reach out was to talk to their coach and and try to help their football program and, and let them kind of do what they see fit with it. But I think what the plan is is that uh, we're going to have some of uh, the people from the high school, some of the um, the clubs in both high schools go around at the end of the first quarter and uh, just take up donations from everybody who comes to the game this Friday night. So hopefully we have a big crowd from both sides and a lot of people come out to the Memorial Stadium, check out the game and and, uh, you know, donate a little bit if, if you're able to, uh, to to help Waverly out. Absolutely. $1, $5, $10, it doesn't matter. Any any donation goes a long way. I'm curious, uh, you know, it seems like the coaches' world is, is very small. Um, so, did, did you know, a lot of people have helped out the Waverly program. Just how tight-knit is, is that coaches' association throughout the state? Well, I think, you know, as, as you communicate with, with different people and you have some that you communicate more with than others and especially guys that are in your region or your level of play um, that, that you really uh, talk to quite often. And um, so something like that happens, you know, we're always willing to, to help help each other out. Absolutely. Let's let's go into your, your first win of the season last Friday night. You go on the road, unfamiliar territory in Bowling Green. I think the Commando Football Twitter account may have tweeted out it was the first out-of-state victory for the Commando Football Program. I'm curious, what did you learn about your guys from that win Friday night? Well, I learned that, that um, I think they developed a little bit of um, toughness there. Um, having to play against a team that um, was, was a really good team uh, out of Kentucky. Um, uh, I know that they've won a lot of games over the past several, five, you know, ten years since they've been a school. Um, and that we were able to go up there and fight through a lot of adversity. Uh, we had we had multiple things not go our way during that game, and, and our kids were able to respond and respond in the right way. And um, they found a way to win the game. You're no stranger to success, uh, Hendersonville back-to-back region champs. I'm curious, is your team progressing the way that a championship team progresses through two weeks of the season, or I guess going on three weeks now? It's hard to tell this early in the season if you're progressing as much or as fast as you need to. Obviously, you know, um, you'd like to be uh, sitting at 2-0, and uh, <laughs> but we're not at this point. But I think that we're moving in the right direction. I feel like we are. I feel like our players are, are, are bonding and becoming closer together. 
Um, and that's that's one of the most important things. And I feel like that 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 um, you know they're buying into the things that we're telling them, and they're starting to see that sometimes some of the things that that we're going over, just not just to do it. There's purpose behind it, and uh, for them to come together, work together, and have a have a real genuine love for each other on this team. Uh, I, you know, so often uh, your head coach's staffs get overlooked, including by me. I mean, I, I've I've been. I've done it before. Just, you know, you just you, you kind of push them to the side a little bit. You maybe take them for granted. But I want to highlight your guys and, and Coach Balatos. I hope I'm saying that name, last name correctly. Andy Griffin, Mitch Henley, uh, Andrew uh, Height, if I'm not mistaken, Sean Hollinsworth, Anthony Lake, uh, Jack Littlejohn, Alex Tummins. How much easier do they make your job? Well, they, they are, they are my job. So, I mean, it makes it all the way easier. They, they do the things that they're supposed to do. All of them have, the, the, the uh, experience and the knowledge and the expertise in the, in the positions that they're coaching. And it's just awesome to have uh, such a great group of people around me and, and able to help. And, uh, and we all got our parts that we play. And, uh, we, you know, we look at each other as we're all equally the same. Let's, all right, Coach, let's talk about the big game on Friday night. Um, is it even bigger now that it's a region game or – do you think the game never lost any of the the lore to it, or do you think there is some added um, added juice to the game now that it's back to being a region game? Well, absolutely. Uh, being a region game is important. It doesn't matter who you're playing. Um, that the next game is the most important game that's on your schedule, and that's no different for us this week. And you know, this is when region play begins, so it's important for us to to play well in our region games. And we feel like our first two games hopefully have prepared us to to play well this Friday night and to play a four quarter game because we know that, uh, you know, both these teams are, are going to uh, get after each other on, on Friday night uh, out here. And so we're excited about it. I know they're excited about it and we'll see how it goes on Friday. You know, you mentioned the competitiveness of this game, you know, of the, over the last 10, both teams five and five in the last 10, what makes this game so, so competitive, so close year in and year out. I guess it's just, uh, you know, it's the same kids. I mean, we, yeah. it's, it's just, we, we live in this community and look around, you know, there's four high schools that are close to the same size, all right here close together. I mean, the demographics and, and the type of kids that we get among those four teams doesn't change a whole lot, to be honest. And so uh, they all, they all want to win. They all play hard and they all, they all go out there and lay it on the line on, on each and every game, but especially when they're playing each other, it's kind of like, uh, you know, when you get into it with, with uh, a family member of yours, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a battle. It's not like you're just going to, you're going to go out there and they're going to roll over. They're going to let you do anything. So, um, yeah, I, I guess the, the thing I would say is that th these kids all grew up the, kind of in the same area in the same way for the most part. So that's why it makes it so, um, so competitive. For sure. Uh, you know, Beach is predominantly a run team, right? I mean, I think at least since I've been on the beat here in Sumner County since 2017, I feel like they've run the ball 600 times in a season. Uh, but this year they've, they've come out throwing the ball, particularly in their last game against Henry County. I don't have the final numbers, but I, I want to say they threw it more than you know 25, maybe close to 30 times. Uh, I am curious, though, what you have seen from film that maybe the common eye hasn't seen seen that makes this Beach team so dangerous. Well, you know, what makes them so dangerous is 
that they're just good everywhere. You know, they got players, they got, they got line that that's good. They got, uh, you know, they got a couple of tight ends that, that could play on most teams around, um, you know, and then I'm just speaking offensively here, what they got, they got two quarterbacks that both look like they can throw it real well. So, uh, you know, and, and of course they always have a running back that's, that's a uh, tough to tackle. So they kind of got um, maybe a few more weapons uh, on the outside, um, a receiver and tight ends that can get out there and catch the ball. And then when they catch the ball, they get down the field with it really fast. So um, I would imagine that, that that's going to be um, something that's going to be tough for us to match up against. Um, and then on defense, you know, they got linebacker that that's a all state kid that's uh, played really good last year for him. And they come off the ball up front. I know they got a big, uh, a big nose guard in there. That's, that's tough to move. And then, you know, their secondary has been playing, playing really well. It looks like on film. So they kind of just got a, a good group that plays hard and, um, and, and seems like that, that they work and are real disciplined everywhere. Um, offense, defense, and on special teams. So as soon as you slip up in one of those areas, they're probably going to make you pay for it. And we, we got to try to get our kids prepared for that this week so that they're ready on every single snap of the ball to uh, get the opponent's best effort. You know, I know you guys run the wing tee, and so maybe some people might be questioning, well, is Hendersonville going to be prepared for, for a passing attack? And I would argue that and, – and and I guess I'm tossing it to you a little bit, a little bit of a softball question, but I would argue that you guys in the preseason and regular season have been prepared to see an aerial attack. Do you feel you have gotten that preparation from a Blackman or – uh, Oakland or South Warren, do you feel like you're prepared for anything that may be thrown your way come Friday night? Well, yeah, you know, you try to get those scrimmages in so that you can you can be prepared for whatever you're going against. And we also scrimmage Mount Juliet, which is a good team uh, to play against. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't I, I think our preseason and our games leading up to this point have prepared us for no matter what we end up seeing on Friday night. Um, if they want to run the ball, you know, over and over and over, and hopefully we're prepared to try to stop that. And if they feel like they, they need to pass it more, they're going to pass it more than hopefully with the things we've seen and the way we've been able to cover some, some of the things we've been able to cover that our kids are prepared to see that type of offense. You know, I've had a couple fans come up to me and say, uh, you know, how is how is Beach going to stop Ellis? And uh, the first thing that's always out of my mouth is, you know, Hendersonville is is comprised of more than just Ellis. Ellis is a good player, uh, but there's a lot of good players on your team. So from the from the head coach's mouth, his own, just tell everybody that 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 what they could be looking for on Friday night from your ball carriers. Yeah, there's lots of guys we have that we like and we think a lot of and think can play really well, you know, Um you got Ellis, obviously, he's a good player, uh, great kid. And and that's another thing that, that I just mentioned about all of those kids that, that you brought up. And and uh, I'll talk about that they're all great kids. And that's what's going to make us a better team as we move forward, is that they're good kids. They care about each other and they love each other. And uh, we feel like we get that and that they're going to, you know, grow up and, and grow, into, grow into young men of, of character that have great work ethic then we've succeeded no matter what happens. And we think we keep pushing that, that, that the, um, the discipline that it takes to, to be good on the field would be there as well. But you got Ellis and uh, obviously he can make plays. Um, uh, Jack Brown, you know, back there has, has made some plays for us on both sides of the ball. Noah Carmine, uh, number 32. Uh, Torrin Baker's made 
great plays in both of our first two games. He had the interception the other night to uh, kind of seal the victory, and he scored uh, to tie the game in our first game, seven to seven, in the first quarter. Um, so that was a huge play for us. And then obviously Jack Busey and uh, Luke and um, uh, Stevan Mack and Dan and Condis. I mean, all, all these guys that go in there and play uh, have some talent and they're good players. So, yeah, if, if, if teams, you know, just want to focus on shutting down Ellis, that's fine. We got other kids that will step up and, and make plays for us as well. I kind of – I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but it's one of those things I feel like when I ask you to name off all your great players, you, you feel like you're going to forget somebody. And I, I certainly wasn't trying to put you on the spot that way. I'm just, I just want to let people know that Hendersonville has a ton of talent on their team. It's it, You know, 10 is obviously a very good, very talented player. He was my preseason player of the year for a reason. But the Commandos, I think, uh, are a force to be reckoned with more than just number 10. And, and that's kind of the point that I was trying to get across from, from you, Coach. I wasn't trying to put you on the spot or anything like that. Absolutely. I think we, we, do, we do have a, a, team, a team atmosphere, a team guys, and, and uh, they, they treat it like that. So they, they, they play really hard, and they play really hard for each other. Has there been any good surprises um, from your team so far this season? Well, I mean, it, yeah, it was uh, the, the way we were able to fight and l- last week, especially in the second half, it was it was really hot um, yeah. in, during the game, and um, which leads to cramps and everything else. So, you know, they they humped it up and and got after him and got after him for the entire game, which was a, a pleasant surprise to see um, because in our first game, I felt like we got tired and made a couple of mistakes and um, kind of snowballed on us and, and got out of control because we felt like we didn't put our best product on the field for four quarters in our first game. And I, and I think that we came back and, and we did the other night. We made a few mistakes early on, um, but we were able to overcome that and keep working and fighting for each other. And we're able to, um, you know, ultimately get the victory. You know, obviously, as a staff, uh, you are certainly not looking past this game. Uh, but it's easy as a player uh, to maybe look ahead. And it feels like these next two weeks are, are critical. I mean, you've got the battle for Drake's Creek on Friday. And then you've got what a lot of people in the Hendersonville community would consider the biggest rival in Gallatin the next week. Also a region exactly. game. Two weeks. Yeah, sorry, in two weeks because you have to buy. My, my apologies. Um, I guess, A, does, does the buy help you in that sense, help you help these 16, 17-year-olds compartmentalize the, the task at hand? Um, well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just hope it allows us to prepare. And, you know, I'm sure we'll, we'll be beat up after this Friday night. So a little recovery would, would be probably be beneficial for us as well. So, um, you know, I don't know if it's advantage, disadvantage or whatever, but we just – we're going to go with whoever's on our schedule. The next, the next team that we're supposed to play is the one we'll play, and it'll be the biggest game that, that we think of all week, and that's that's where we're at this week with this one. Well, you heard it here, folks. Uh, heard it here first. This is the biggest game of the year for the Hendersonville Commandos this Friday night. Please make sure you come out to Memorial Stadium, uh, if nothing else, to donate to the Waverly football program who's clearly going through a tragedy at this time. Hendersonville Beach coming together to collect donations, a very, very cool cause. I'm so happy that you guys are doing it. Very good on you guys. Good on Beach. Uh, Good luck Friday night, Coach, and we'll catch up down the road. Thank you. I appreciate it. 
Once again, thank you to Beach Head Coach Anthony Crabtree and Hendersonville Head Coach James Beasley for joining the show. Remember, if you're coming out to the game tonight at Memorial Stadium, you need to arrive early and bring a little bit of extra cash as both programs are collecting funds for the Waverly Tigers, who were obviously devastated by the rainfall last week and the flooding in Humphreys County. So again, a dollar, two dollars, three dollars, any donation goes a long way to help out this Tiger program. As for my game prediction, I think it's going to be a ton of fun, but I think it's the Bucks that come out on top 30-27 to 27 and keep the Battle for Drix Creek Trophy for at least another year. And that will do it for Episode 2 of the All Sports Podcast. Be on the lookout for Episode 3 dropping next week as we talk about golf, football, soccer, and volleyball. Until next time, I'm Zach Womble signing off with the All Sports Podcast. <laughs>